0: Welcome to Shabbat Shalom! This is your host, Sam Frankart, and this is episode 40. So if you've been tracking along with me throughout these different episodes, you know that I have been traveling. So I wanted to update you really quick on where I am in the world at this time and just share a little bit about that journey. So I was in Texas for my last recording, I got to see some friends there. And I made my way back up to Michigan, and that's where I'm coming to you from for episode 40. I got to spend some time with my friends, the Kleins, right before recording this, and they gave me this dessert called choco and oh my goodness, it was incredible. This chocolate, peanut butter, melty, brownie dessert thing that I wish I could explain better. It was so good, and... The sugar rush is real, so I'm excited to be recording right now, and one thing that I wanted to say um, before I get into Revelation 12 is a conversation I was having with them was about, they travel a lot as well, and so they do lots of long road trips in their RV, and they like to do those different games where if you see a slug bug um, slug bug they have two kids that are awesome Um, but then I was also telling them that there's one that I would do whenever we would see wood paneling on the side of a car and I could not remember what that was called as we were talking and so that is called a beaver whack so when you see wood on the side of a car you say beaver whack no beaver whack back that's what we would say I remembered, so I had to share it. All right, anyways, let's get started. Shabbat Shalom. We are in chapter 12 today in the book of Revelation, and we'll be studying verses 1 through 6. Let's go. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as if she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son. A male child who will rule the nations with an iron scepter, and her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for one thousand two hundred and sixty days. That's all we're going to read today because there is so much there. So we're going to break this chapter down verse by verse. Just lots of symbolism going on here. There's so much under the surface so in verse one john writes that a great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven and this is the first of seven signs that john relates throughout chapters 12 13 and 14. so first of all a clue to understanding this chapter and the following chapters is in the signs so what is a sign it's a picture with something of deeper significance And because John plainly said that this is a sign, we don't expect this woman to literally appear on the earth. God will use this sign to communicate something to John and to us. In this first sign, we read about a woman who is clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. Now all of these details, I don't know if you're thinking about this as I'm reading this, but they all point to Genesis 37. This is the story of Joseph and his dreams. So Genesis 37, 9 through 11, that's where Joseph shares his story or his dream about how the sun represented Jacob, his father, the moon represented Jacob's mother, Rachel, and the 11 stars were the sons of Israel, which bowed down to Joseph. So in this sign that we're reading about in Revelation 12, there's 12 stars and so Joseph is now among the other tribes of Israel. Commentator David Guzik argues that the woman in this sign should be identified as Israel, and other commentators say that as well. In the next verse, we read that the woman was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. So in Revelation 12, five, it's pretty clear that the child born of Israel is Jesus. And the fact that she's crying out in pain could refer to the pain of Israel at the time of Jesus' birth. They were under Roman occupation and depression, and being an Israelite at that time would have been painful and difficult. This picture also symbolizes the nation of Israel agonizing for centuries as it waited for the coming Messiah, the Deliverer, who would destroy evil and usher in God's kingdom, God's eternal kingdom. We read in verse 3 of another sign appearing in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. So lots of symbolism going on here. Let's break this down. So first, John says that he saw an enormous red dragon, who we read in verse 9 is Satan. So this dragon that John describes is similar to the dragon that Daniel wrote about in Daniel chapter 7. In chapter 7 of Daniel as well as here, both dragons have ten horns. The heads, horns, and crowns symbolize the power that the dragon has over the kingdoms of the world. John also mentions that the dragon is red. So while the color red is probably not that important to the vision, it may symbolize blood, since the dragon has killed the saints. John's original readers would have immediately identified this dragon as the enemy of God's people because dragons, or leviathans, in the Old Testament are mentioned by the prophets in Psalm 74.14, Isaiah 27.1, and Ezekiel 29.3. The dragon in the Old Testament often stood for a king who opposed God and his people. While we're talking about Satan, let's quickly recap a few things that we know about him from scripture. So, Satan first appeared in the third chapter of the first book of the Bible. God had created humans for his glory, and he placed Adam and Eve in a paradise called the Garden of Eden. Satan, disguised as a serpent, led Adam and Eve into sin in Genesis 3. And we read in Romans five twelve how that first sin enslaved all future people. In in Romans 5.12, it says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And then in Matthew 12, 22-32, in 1 John 5.12, we read that all people are enslaved to Satan, who is the prince of evil scripture also describes satan as the ruler or the god of this world in john 14 30 2 corinthians 4 4 and 1 john 5 19. satan is an angel who rebelled against god and we read about that in ezekiel 28 12 through 17. satan is real not symbolic and is constantly working against god and those who obey him he has great power but people can be delivered from his reign of spiritual darkness because of Jesus' victory on the cross. Jesus is so much more powerful than Satan. In Colossians 1, 13-14, we read about Jesus' resurrection and how it shattered Satan's deathly power. So, after Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, God had promised to destroy Satan and his demons and reestablish his own kingdom. God had promised to destroy Satan. And in Genesis 3.15, he spoke, saying, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. The offspring who ultimately crushes Satan's head is Jesus. Which brings us back to Revelation. So one other detail I want to point out in verse 3 is the number 7. The dragon has seven heads and seven crowns on its heads. And these heads and crowns symbolize nations over which Satan has control. Throughout the book of Revelation, the number seven symbolizes completeness. So the seven heads and seven crowns could picture the totality of Satan's control over the earth. In verse 4, we read that the dragon's tail swept a third of the stars from the sky and flung them to earth. Many believe this describes one-third of the angelic host in league with Satan. Um, this would be his angels in Revelation twelve nine. And in David Guzik's commentary, he shares a quote from Joseph Seiss. I think that's how you say his last name. It's S-E-I-S-S. It could be Seiss or Seiss. I'm not sure, but he shares a quote that says God never made an evil being, but he made angels, principalities and powers capacitated for mighty joys and distinctions in his glorious domain, yet with free will implied in the very creation of moral beings, which they could exercise for their everlasting weal or woe. Many have remained steadfast to wit, Michael and his angels, but some abode not in the truth but revolted against the rule of heaven and became unchanging enemies of God and his kingdom. So if this is what people think, that the one-third of angelic hosts in league with Satan, that's what the dragon's tail sweeping across a third of the stars, if that's what that actually means, then that quote just goes so well with that because, yeah, they became unchanging enemies of God and of his kingdom. This army of angelic beings in league with Satan makes up the world of demonic spirits. Also, in verse 4, we read that the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. The attempt to devour her child was initially fulfilled by Herod's attempts to kill Jesus as a child in Matthew 2, 16-18, and it was also fulfilled through Jesus' life as Satan attacked him. In John 8, 58 and Mark 4, 35 through 41. All right, let's continue on reading. We'll read verses 5 and 6. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness, to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. So, she gave birth to a son, Jesus, who was born to the entire nation of Israel. And he rules with an iron rod, which comes from Psalm 2, 6-9. through 9. As a shepherd defends his flock, so Christ will defend his church against those who de- attempt to destroy it. The iron rod pictures Jesus as the ultimate warrior. Satan may have fought for Jesus, but nothing stopped him from doing what Jesus had been sent to earth to do. Then we read that the woman fled into the wilderness to a place that God had prepared for her. And that word prepared, this is really cool, the word prepared in this verse uses the same ancient Greek word that Jesus used when he said in John 14, two through three, I go to prepare a place for you. This demonstrates that God's careful planning works on earth as well as in heaven. So she flees to the wilderness and is there for a specific, a very specific amount of days, 1260 days. This is the same amount of days in Revelation 11.2 with the trampling of the holy city, Revelation 11.3 with the ministry of the two witnesses, and also coming up in Revelation 13.5 with the rule of the beast. We talked about this a little in episode 37, this 1260 days, this reference to three and one half years, it connects these events with the final seven years of the Daniel 9 prophecy. And since Revelation 12, 5 describes the ascension of Jesus, and Revelation 12.6 describes the yet to come events of the 70th week of Daniel. Between these two verses lies hundreds of years, or some would argue, our current period. This near-far break in time is typical of prophecy. Daniel's 70-week prophecy has such a break. Well, that is all we have for today. We'll continue on next week in chapter 12. I think I should be able to continue on next week in chapter 12. I really want to i also am leaving for michigan's upper peninsula in two days so that could be tricky i might i might end up giving you one of the past sermons instead of continuing on in chapter 12 just because of lack of time but i'll be up there for a week um, hiking pictured rocks and and checking out taquamanon falls so really looking forward to my upper peninsula michigan trip so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be sharing a sermon instead of continuing on in chapter 12. So, that's what's coming up. Check out the show notes for a link to a commentary from David Guzik on Revelation 12, as well as other commentaries. You can find me on Instagram at Sam Frankart. Until then, Shabbat Shalom. Maranatha.